The lights of Raider Valley will be turned on bright on Friday night for the Class 6A Region 8 Championship between the North Forsyth Raiders and the Gainesville Red Elephants. Today, we are joined by the leader of the Red Elephant football program, Coach Josh Niblett, to talk about this team and this week's matchup right here on the Powerhouse Sports Inside the Program. And good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Floyd, Coach Josh Nibley, joining us right here on the Powerhouse Sports Network, on the Powerhouse Sports Inside the Program. We are always delighted when Coach Nibley takes time to join us, and it is a busy week for his uh, Red Elephants this week, and he is taking time to talk with us. And Coach, as always, we open the floor with you to open up the floor and let, tell us about yourself. Well, first of all, uh, Michael, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, to God be the glory. We've, you know, we've had an opportunity to be successful this year, but of course, you're only as good as your your next game and your next opponent. So, it's all about us trying to go one and zero this week, and it's championship week, so it's a great opportunity to win a region championship. So we don't ever take that for granted. And you know, our word this week for our kids was choice. So it's about making the right choices this week. It's about making the choice to be great at whatever we're doing, whether it's on the field or off. And that's the standard of our program, and that'll continue to be a standard of our program. So appreciate you guys having us on just to give us an opportunity to talk about our program and where we are and where we're going and what we're excited about for the future. And coach, the last time we had you on, it was the week of the Clark Central game, and yep. that that week your team took care of business, uh, twenty four to seven. And then since then, you have you guys have been on the roll, defeating Appalachia seventy to six, defeating Lanier thirty five to zero, Habersham Central forty nine to seven, and last week defeating Shiloh fifty five to zero. So obviously you guys can get it done when you need to get it done. But coach, and also in the state of Georgia, y'all have two bye weeks wrapped into your season. So having two bye weeks, how, how does that, that's kind of different, I, I would assume, from how, how we've done in Alabama this year. So you had two weeks, and I think you had a bye week, a game, and another bye week. So just tell us how you dealt with that this year. Well, I think the biggest thing is just being organized before it gets here. So for us, it was you know, the first bye week, I still think there was a lot of things we were trying to work on fundamentally. There were still some deficiencies that we needed to work on that we needed to get improved um, from going through, you know, the first four to five weeks of the season. And so the first bye week, you know, we give the kids a little bit of time to rest because we expect to play a long season. Um, 
And so, you know, we got after it, got some good on good. We really didn't worry about our next opponent the first bye week. It's just all about us and getting better. And then, you know, we played Lanier and then, you know, we beat them and then we turned around the next week and had another bye week. Um, and so, you know, going through that bye week, then we, we kind of worked on some things that we need to work on, a little bit of good on good. But we, I think we did a little bit better job of probably resting you know, just making sure we were as fresh as possible for this back run um, to win a region championship and to win a state championship. And so I thought it was highly important that we, you know, change that schedule up a little bit. It wasn't, I mean, there were some physical periods, but it wasn't as physical as far as taxing as the first bye week. And I think it really, really helped us. And, you know, we're playing faster right now than we did at the first part of the year. And we were really fast early on in the year. So I think there's some merit to making sure that you're, you know, you want to be organized in what you're doing. You want to make sure that you're getting rest, but not rust, you know. And so we have to do a really good job as a staff of making sure we're preparing our guys week in and week out. The problem, though, is, you know, the last four games, our starters hadn't played past the second quarter. So as a head coach, you're really, you know, really nervous about your guys playing a four-quarter game. And so, you know, we expect every week to be in a four-quarter game and, you know, the last four weeks, our kids have done a really good job in the first half of coming out and playing extremely well. Um, and then we've been very opportunistic of some things that our opponents haven't done well. And so I think when you're able to do that, I mean, it's great. You're able to get some guys rested, get some younger guys some reps, develop them as the playoffs get closer. But at the same time, you got to make sure at practice you're getting the player loads up on Mondays and Tuesdays so you guys are ready to play four quarters. Coach Josh Nillard joins us on the air right now as his Red Elephants get ready to take on the Raiders of North Forsyth. As always, Micah Ladder Jr. checks in saying, hey, coach, and go Big Red. Hmm, I love old Micah. Yeah, <laughs> he texts me every morning. So we we text back and forth every morning. So I'm glad he's on here, man. I love him to death. He means the world to me. Absolutely. And also for the ones that are watching, be sure to join us tonight at seven o'clock as Coach Miles Holcomb joins us as his team gets ready to take on their region championship tomorrow against Moody. He is a part of your coaching tree, Coach Nibley. So I want to ask you kind of um, kind of talk about your coaches now. Um, you've had a coach at Gainesville that has started. Uh, that is the football a head coach at Grayson. Um, coach Holcomb is the head coach at Southside. How does it make you feel to see some of the guys you've had become head coaches now? Oh, it's a blessing. I mean, that's why you do it. I mean, you're you're trying to do a really good job of mentoring men to give them an opportunity if that's something they want to do. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate and blessed throughout all of my staffs to have guys that went on to be coordinators and then went on to be, you know, head coaches. And, you know, there's one just right down the street from me here. And, you know, Jason Kerbin's at Alpharetta. And so, you know, know him. And I think, you know, Miles um, was – you know, coach on my staff that did an unbelievable job. I knew he was going to do a really good job at whatever he got an opportunity to do and wherever he went and he has, and, you know, they got an opportunity to win a region championship. So I'm proud for him. And, you know, you talk about Chad Eads and RB Holmes and Adrian Abrams. And I mean, the list, Sam Adams, it's just, there's a lot of guys that, um, that are on my staff here that, you know, like, Tad, my brother, you know, I mean, he was the head coach at Foley High School. Um, you know, there's some head coaches on my staff now here. You know, Mike Malone um, was at Chattahoochee. And then, you know, Honeycutt was at uh, Grayson, um, Villarica, East Jackson. You know, Steve Davis was the head coach at Springville. Um, and so, 
the list goes on and on. And I think you got to surround yourself with good people. I want to surround myself with people that are smarter than I am and guys that have been through it and seen it. And so, you know, if there's times we need to converse, but then there's also times where guys were head coaches and then it didn't work out. And so now they're getting an opportunity to learn from somebody else. And now they'll get that opportunity to be a head coach again. And so you want to see your guys have that chance. You want to hold on to them as long as you can, but I'm not one of those guys that is selfish in that factor. I mean, you know, God's blessed me with the opportunity to be around a lot of different people and a lot of different coaches. And that's the reason you do it, is to give them opportunities. So you can always have staff turnover if, if you're doing it the right way. So now, now a funny question. Does it make you feel old to see all these guys being head coaches? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, the thing is, is I'm 52 years old, so I've been doing it for, you know, 25 years. And I mean, it just means that you've surrounded yourself with really, really good people um, that really love doing what they do. And they were highly intentional, made themselves available and they were good teachers. And so you try to do everything you can to help them see it from a head coach's standpoint, because I think when you're a coordinator, you may see it from 20,000 feet and, when you're a unit coach, you see it from 9,000 feet. But when you're a head coach, you see it from 60,000 feet. And so I've been seeing it for 60,000 feet for 25 years. And so, you know, that's all I've ever known is to be a head coach. And so I just try to grow these guys and help them every way possible. I don't I don't claim to be the smartest guy. And I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. I want to be the hardest working guy in the room. And, Coach, so far this, this season, your team has been hardworking and you have seen it on the field uh, every Friday in, every Friday out. Um, if you had to assess your team right now, what, what are some things that you had circled in the bye week that you had to, that you thought your team had to improve upon? Uh, I, I mean, I just think there's – I just think execution-wise, offensively, um, throwing the football around. I mean, we – you know, we didn't have to – you know, throw the ball as much um, as far as throwing the ball down the field, you know, early on just because we had so many explosives in our run game. Um, and then just being a little bit more consistent on pass protection, um, just the whole passing game, you know, being able to throw when we want to, not when we have to. And I think we've done a really good job of improving that. Um, you know, defensively was just making sure on the back end that we're staying sharp because we hadn't seen a lot of people that were throwing the ball and, we were doing a really good job of getting pressure on the quarterback and getting sacked. So what you don't want to do is if there's ever a night where guys protect well and we don't get enough reps, um, then, you know, it's not going to be good for us. And so, you know, making sure we're working on the vitals, which are the fundamentals. Um, you know, I wanted to see us get more takeaways and make sure we're taking care of the ball. I think the last two weeks, I think we're plus 11 in takeaways. Um, and so, you know, when you're having that, you're going to give yourself a huge opportunity to win. And then I think the last thing was just, we had to be more consistent on our coverage teams, on special teams, our weekends. And I think we've done a whole lot better job of that. I mean, we blocked, I think, three or four kicks in the last uh, four games. Um, we've had some tremendous returns, and we did a really, really good job of covering down on kicks. And so I think we've made a vast improvement special teams-wise where we were already pretty good, but there were some things we felt like we needed to work on. And I think through those two bye weeks, we, we improved and got better. And you have some, some guys, some playmakers on your team. Um, I would try to name them, but I don't want to miss anybody. I have them in front of me. But, Coach, uh, Baxter Wright, I'm going to struggle with him. He's your quarterback. I have made the statement that he is probably one of the, if not the most underrated quarterback in throughout the entire state of Georgia. How are you uh, – how do you feel about his performance so far this season? 
Yeah, I think he's had a good year. I think he's kind of been a little banged up. So, you know, he's a guy that just has it. And he's going to play through his necks. But when you're playing quarterback, I mean, it's, you know, you want to try to make sure those guys are as fresh as possible. And so he's had to play th through some stuff early. But, you know, hopefully we've got him, you know, 100% healthy right now. And so, you know, he's had a good week of prep this week. And looking forward to watching him, you know, perform tomorrow night. Um you know, some other guys offensively, you know, Gavin Hall, our running back, um, I think he's right at 1,000 yards. And, you know, he'd probably be a whole lot more than that. But, you know, the last four games, I mean, with an opportunity to play, you know, eight more quarters, you know, he hadn't. Um, but he's he's a guy that makes our offense go. And, you know, Sky's had a really good year. He's kind of the X factor force on offense from that hybrid position. And, you know, when you talk about guys like Eric Hart and Trey V. Watson, I mean, those guys are uh, – you know, making plays and doing things down the field. And and then, you know, I, and, and I think all in all, you go as you go up front. And we're just – we're better up front um, at this time of the year than we were last year. Um, and I think we got to continue to improve. I think we've got some depth. I think we've got six or seven, eight guys that can play up front at any time offensively. And so, I think when you have that, man, it just creates competition at practice, keeps everybody sharp. But at the same time, you keep fresh legs in the game. So, we got to have those guys continue to play consistent and play well. And, Coach, this game last year between North Forsyth, same as last year, a four-region title uh, for the number one spot in the playoffs. This was a great physical game last year um, at City Park. Now you go to Raider Valley at North Forsyth. Tell us about this game. Break it down for us, um, this region championship matchup for your program. Well, I mean, I think when you talk about past before this game I mean you know two years ago before I got here I mean North Forsyth beat them pretty bad and, and so I think going into the game last year I mean we we felt like we had a good football team but we knew they had a good football team um they were very senior heavy you know like we were and had some really really good players some guys that had been banged up all year that they got back for that game um and we knew they were going to be well coached play extremely hard and you know it came down to us having to make a play in the fourth quarter and you know, we got a punt, I mean, a kickoff return for a touchdown, and then we, you know, we hit Darius on a on a um, hitch, and he broke it for about sixty yards for a touchdown. After that, then you know, we went on to win the game. And I think there was some anxiety there early, some stress there early, and so because our kids hadn't been in that situation. But you know, I feel like our guys this year are a whole lot more relaxed. I think they understand what's in front of them. Um, that doesn't mean that we're not taking it serious. That doesn't mean that we're taking it for granted. It just means we're a more mature team than we were last year just because we have now been in that situation. Last year we hadn't been in that situation. So that's not a fault to anyone. It's just, you know, you, you can't be in that situation until you're in it. And uh, and so I think our guys being in that last year um, has helped us prepare this year. And, you know, when you look at North Forsyth, they're going to be well coached. They're going to play extremely hard. I think the one thing they've done is, is they've kind of found their identity. Um, offensively, you know, they're going to want to win the run totals just like we are, um, and they want to throw it when they want to throw it. Um, they've got a little bit of some air raid as far as the passing game goes, but, you know, they'll get some 11 and 21 personnel um, and also be able to run the football. Um, you know, defensively, they, they want to keep you behind the sticks, and, you know, so they're going to mix their fronts up from an odd to an even. I mean, they're bringing a lot of pressure from all over the place, and, They'll zone it on the back end and match it, or they'll they'll play true me on man free. And so, 
we got to do a really good job of winning our matchups. We got to do a really good job early on of, of having some success and then play at a high level of execution so we can dictate the flow of the game. Um, and then on special teams, you know, you got to be ready for a fake or, you know, a block. You just you want to make sure you're doing everything you can, but you don't want to go out there tiptoeing, you know, wondering what they're about to do because they got nothing to lose. And so, you know, I told our kids, just pin your ears back and play. I mean, and play at the speed that we're supposed to play at, and then we'll be fine. And, and just building off of that, you know, last year, Gainesville didn't have this target on their back. They were under, they were under, underrated. They were not, people weren't giving, living up, thought that Gainesville couldn't live up to the hype. But this year, you're number one in the state in the class 6A. You are right here at the top of the region. And now you're favored in this game. So how do you keep your team, I guess, humble and keep them like say, hey, forget all of that. We still have to go win this football game on Friday night. Well, I'll be honest with you, I haven't. I mean, I really haven't had an issue with that. I mean, our guys are hungry. I mean, our guys are not going to be satisfied until they can win that 15th game. Because um, when you've been there and lost it, like until you've been there and lost it, and you don't know what that feeling feels like, you know, and so – everything that you surround your practice with to the fellowship you have with each other in the locker room to your prep and meetings is all built around trying to get back to that opportunity again. And so you don't have time to have an ego. You know, we don't have time to worry about reading press clippings and social media likes and all that. I mean, you know, you got to be all in the team and, if a guy's not, then our guys in our locker room will check them now. I mean, they'll, they'll let them know that, hey, look, I mean, this is what we're playing for. And so I think there's a high respect for that. There's a high accountability in our locker room for that. And, uh, you know, we talk about it on a day-to-day basis. Our guys just focus in on, hey, let's be 1-0 this week and let's make sure we're getting 1% better and let's focus in on whatever the word is that week, whatever the theme is that week, and let's go out and make sure we play at a high level and let's dominate. I mean, we, we've talked since day one about being dominators. Like, there's a DNA, dominator DNA. And there's four points to that. And, and our kids know those four points. And so those are four points we want to make sure we exemplify, you know, every week. Um, and if we do that, then we'll be successful when the game's over with. The Gainesville Red Elephants take on the North Forsyth Raiders on Friday night at in Cummings, Georgia, at North Forsyth High School. Um, this is for that top spot in, in the, in the playoffs. And both of these teams are going to be ready. And coach Niblett joins us right now to talk about it. Coach, you've been a part of a lot of senior nights in your career. Um, but last week you got to take part in senior night on a kind of as a head coach, but also as a parent, take us through that. How did you feel on last week? Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I had a senior night with my oldest boy, Shaw, probably seven years ago, um, back in, 17 and then you know and then this past one i mean you know sky's just kind of been a guy that's always been you know either ball boy or you know i mean he's, he's the younger one and so he started for us and then rotation you know as a sophomore at hoover and it was in the rotation as a freshman so he played early on which doesn't happen a whole lot at hoover and so he's a guy that you know i mean we were around each other a whole lot i mean from a football perspective and He's a big part of what we do. Um, he's very, very uh, instrumental in, in our success and not only on the field, but off. I mean, he's a spiritual leader of our team. Um, and and it was just emotional because, you know, here I am, 
you know, I mean, this is this is it, man. I don't get to coach anymore, my boys. Um, and so it's a special time. I mean, it's an emotional time, but I mean, I still appreciate and I want to appreciate these last, you know, couple of months we get to spend together. And so we want to spend it all through December. And then, you know, he's going to go into wrestling and, and he's going to try to win him a wrestling state title and then, you know, move on. And once he's decided where he wants to go to school and, and I'll follow him there and, you know, and then now all of a sudden we just all start growing old and, you know, and I mean, but yeah, it was special. It was really special. And anybody knows that when you get to coach your son, I didn't coach my kids growing up. I mean, there might have been once or twice in a little league baseball game or something, but I didn't make it a point to coach my children. I didn't want to. And I didn't, I don't believe in daddy ball. I don't believe in, you know, I don't believe in your son starts at quarterback because, you know, you coached. I mean, I don't. I mean, I just – and it's not the way life is. And so I wanted my boys to grow up, you know, learning how to deal with it. And then when I coached them, I mean, if you came to practice, you wouldn't know my boys were my sons. I mean, I coach them just like everybody else. And when I go home, I don't talk about football with Sky, you know, unless Sky wants to talk about it or wants to ask me a question. I'm dad when I come home. And so I think that's highly important. And so I think that's why him and I have such a great relationship and uh, why Shaw and I have a great relationship is because I respect my children as players, as their coach. But also respect them enough to know that hey, when I come home, I'm your dad. I'm not your coach anymore. Now the real question is: Are you looking forward to being an empty nester? <laughs> well, don't think me and Miss Karen, my wife, don't talk about that. So, <laughs> you know. well, I'm gonna coach until they tell me I can't coach anymore. And so, I mean, that's probably when I die one day. So, I mean, I I want to be the oldest, youngest looking coach ever that can still wear joggers at 80 or 85 years old and still be, you know, roaming the sideline and coaching it up with high energy. And, you know, I mean, you're only as, you're only as old as you feel, only as young as you feel. And so, you know, I'm, you know, I'm blessed. God's blessed me tremendously. And so, you know, I want to coach as long as I can. And I mean, I want to stay active as long as I can, but when I become an empty nester, I mean, you know, Karen and I and the dogs, I mean, we'll, I guess we'll just hang out and we'll try to do a little bit of traveling. But, you know, when you're coaching, you don't get to do much traveling. So, I mean, it's – I'm all in. You know that in whatever I'm doing. Well, Coach, Andrew and I talk all the time about how you are probably the most well-dressed coach on the sideline we have ever seen. And you never disappoint. Each week you you come up with something and it just blows our minds away. <laughs> so – Well, I mean – Look, I mean, <laughs> I am what I am. And you know what, man? I'm comfortable in my own skin. So, I mean, people can hate all they want to and people can appreciate all they want to. I don't have any control over that. But, you know, I mean, that's just who I am. That's my heart and that's my attitude. My players love it. You know, my family loves it and, and I love it. I mean, that's that's all that matters. And so you can't worry about what everybody else thinks. So, you know, I'm going to wear tighter joggers and, you know, I'm going to, either wear black shoes or red shoes or white shoes and the hats usually going to match the shoes. And I'm going to wear something totally different for warmups that I wear for the game. And I mean, it's just, just what I do. And so, you know, I've been blessed, man. And, and look, our kids feed off of it too. And so that's always fun. Coach Josh Nilby joins us right now. We're going to take a quick water break. We'll be back after this.
grab your popcorn, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your brother, tell your sister that Coach Niblet is on the air on the Powerhouse Sports Network. Get your popcorn ready because he has joined us. And I am going to take a quick detour, a couple detours, and we're going to do something that I've been doing this whole month of October. As October is Breast Cancer Awareness. As we uh, pause and pay respect to everyone or people who have uh, fought this fight or continuing to fight this fight against breast cancer awareness. And I was always told um, by several people the best way to beat it is early detection. So I'm pretty sure all of us know someone or who know someone that knows someone who is fighting this treacherous disease, and not only breast cancer, but all types of cancer. But the best way to beat cancer is early detection. So we uh, take time apart to observe Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And Coach, at Gainesville, I have been there several times. I'm going to have to make a trip back real soon. Um, but y'all have some great facilities, and I want the people to look at them. Take a look. Whoa, there we go. And Gainesville is a place where they invest into their student athletes as we, as I get everything under control over here. Gainesville is a place that really invests into their student athletes and their coaches. And the facilities are second to none. I advise if you're ever in the northern part of Georgia, drive through Gainesville, go take a look. I mean, they do it right and coach. Um, Jess, how how big is it to have to to take over a program that invests in their student athletes and get them ready for success, not only while they're in high school, but prepares them for success outside of high school? Well, I mean, I think that was critical. I mean, I I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, coming here and leaving Hoover, um, you know, I, 
I did my research also at the same time. Um, and of course they did their research on me. And so, you know, it was a great fit for both of us, you know, um, what an opportunity here, you know, with all the facilities that we were building. Um, but you know, I mean, facilities are only, you know, what you put into them. And so, you know, what it's what goes on inside of them. And so we want to make sure that our culture meets the standard in which we built these facilities with, and that's, you know, not cutting any corners and making sure that we, you know, we did everything possible to give our student athletes the best opportunity to be successful, add value to themselves and to have an opportunity to write an awesome chapter as far as the next chapter in their life, along with the chapter that they're living right now. And so if you can give kids great resources, teach them how to use them wisely, take care of them and appreciate them, um, then everybody wins. And coach, you as there as you saw in the video for the people who have never been there, a players lounge, an athlete cafeteria, uh, a covered pavilion, a practice field. Um, I want to go to the cafeteria part. How important is it that these athletes get nutrition uh, before, after practice, and I guess before they go home? Oh, it's highly important. So we try to feed our guys. Like our guys will go in the morning. Um, you know, they'll get a shake. We 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 have protein shakes and they'll eat breakfast in the morning in the calf um, of the school. And then at night, you know, we'll have some extra stuff at lunch. They can come by and grab from our calf here um, in the athletic and the student activity center. Um, and then our optimal, our optimal performance, our head of the optimal performance, Nate Mathis has got sets the sets the menus, make sure all the meals are put together for all of our athletes. And so, you know, by 4.30 in the afternoon, once meetings are over with, they'll be in a warmer, and then our coaches will distribute them out to our players. And so they're able to eat, and, um, you know, and that's what it's all about. And then we'll usually have a little bit of leftovers that we'll have the next day for lunch in case the kid didn't get to bring a lunch or doesn't have money for lunch. And so, you know, we just had to do a really good job of making sure we're putting calories in our kids' bodies as much as possible and uh, so they take care of themselves, don't get sick, and they can stay healthy. Gainesville does it right, folks, and as I've said it a billion times, if you're ever in the area, stop by. Tell them Powerhouse Sports sent you. You won't regret it. It's right next door to Lake Lanier. Uh, beautiful sights there. Um, just the entire campus, the entire community is very supportive. Um, my favorite spot in Gainesville, it's not the high school or city park. It's Longstreet Cafe. Go by Longstreet. You have to go. Coach, what is your go-to meal at Longstreet? Well, it's breakfast. I mean, that's – I mean, yeah, if you want to experience – I mean, like, everybody likes different stuff. And I like eating dinner over there, too. I mean, like, that's and, – and lunch. Um, but Saturday mornings, it's breakfast. So, I'm going to get – they they make me the biggest pancake in the back. And then I usually get five – or four or five fried eggs that are over medium. And then – I'm going to eat bacon and I'm because I don't eat breakfast all week. I eat a banana for breakfast usually during the week with a shake. And so when Saturday rolls around, that's, I mean, I'm looking for, that's game day for me for as far as eating goes. And so, you know, I'm going to eat a sausage biscuit with honey also. And then I'm going to have some cheese grits and, you know, it's just unbelievable. The, the food, you know, Tim and Bobby, they just, I mean, it's just an unbelievable place. And people don't know this. Not only is it good food, it doesn't just happen by accident, but it's an awesome atmosphere. It's, you know, Tim's a spiritual guy. And, 
you know, he loves the Lord and he's doing all this for the Lord and to glorify him. And, and that's why he's being blessed and he'll continue to be blessed. And, uh, I think that's what makes it awesome when you go in there, cause you know what they're about. And so that's why it's from, I mean, you go in there in the mornings, you go in there. I mean, you can't get in the door. I mean, it's every day. It's not like it's just one day out of the week. I mean, it's every day it's packed. And, uh, and that's because of, you know, I always tell people, it's not what you do. It's not what you say. It's how you make people feel. And they just make you feel like you're the only one in the restaurant. And they do indeed there. And the food is out of this world. And, Coach, I want to ask you this. Um, I know here in Auburn, probably about a month ago, we had this big thing called Unite Auburn. And and the the Lord moves mightily in this city. Um, as a man of faith, as, as a coach um, who is – deeply rooted in his faith. How do you navigate um, all of this that people put out there and say that what you should and shouldn't do when it comes to religion? Um, how do you navigate that in a world that really needs um, a revival? Well, I don't, I don't force myself on anybody and I don't force what I believe on anybody. Um, I think God calls us to be disciples because we should live in a manner that people should see your fruit and know that your fruit's a little bit different. You know, by how you live your life, how you treat others, how you, you know, whether it's respecting time, respecting others, you know, there's just a different piece about you. And then when you get a chance to express yourself spiritually, you do that. And I think it's highly important. But I do think that, you know, God allows all of us an opportunity to wake up every morning and you either have a ministry or you don't have a ministry. You either have a testimony or you don't have a testimony. You either make an impact or you don't make an impact. And so, you know, I'm just got through meeting a couple of my guys on my staff and, you know, just I'm glad they want to come into my office and talk to me about different things. And look, I mean, we're just talking about, look, this week, I mean, I studied the book of Matthew and just looking at the book of Matthew in chapter five, verses 13 through 16, where Jesus is talking about that we should be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You know, I mean, what is salt without saltiness? I mean, if there's a salt shaker on the table, I'm going to use it. All right. I mean, just because. But I wouldn't use it if it didn't change the taste of the food to be using it. And so God calls us to have salt. I mean, to be that salt within the earth. And how do you have that? It's by knowing that God calls you. Like, I think a lot of times we think we call God. I mean, we're not calling God. God called us a long time ago. Um, we're just now catching up. And so, you know, knowing that God has a calling on your life. You know, number two is the process. It's it's going from the seed to the fruit and the maturation process of, of having, you know, your prayer time and reading your Bible, you know, and and then connecting with others, believers. And then the last part to me is the product. I mean, it's, it's you know, are you intentional and make yourself available to make an impact to others? And it's not what you say, like I said before, it's not what you do. It's how you make people feel. And, you know, I think as a, as a, as a Christian and you walk your walk, it should be seen in your fruits. And it's not going to be seen in what you say. And it's not going to be seen in what you do. It's going to be seen in who you are. And uh, I think sometimes we get that mixed up. And I think as human beings, we're more as human doers than we are human beings because we want to do and have before we want to be. And, uh, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. So, you know, I'm not one that's going to force myself on anybody or force my belief on anybody. I'm just going to try to live it in a manner that will make an impact for God's kingdom and it'll glorify him. And I truly rec uh, commend you for 
for for being bold. I mean, I, I, that's what our world needs, and that's what many young people need. And um, I enjoy your daily Bible daily Bible verses of the day uh, that you tweet out every morning. So uh, I look forward to those every day. Um, so well, I'm glad to hear that. That makes me feel good. <laughs> so thank you for doing it. And coach, you know, you're not a stranger to big games. As we hop on over here to Alabama, up there in the Birmingham area. On tomorrow night, there's a big game in the neck of the woods that you've had many uh, hard fought battles in. Uh, I'm not going to get you to pick, but I want you to take us through how big the Hoover Thompson game is for that community up there. Well, I mean, I think it's big. I mean, I, I think the I think the region's kind of already been sorted out to a certain extent. I guess I'm not sure, but you know, I think Thompson's already kind of the region champ. But that don't matter. I mean, like, I mean that that's always a big game. I think it's a good measuring stick to know where you are and. You know, both programs this year, you know, have have lost some games they would probably like to have back. Um, but at the same time, you know, all that's thrown out the window. You get an opportunity to compete against each other and you know, and, and they're both gonna play extremely hard. There's a there's a there's a high respect for each other in that game. Um, because anybody can beat anybody on any given day. And, you know, there's gonna be some athletes running around that are gonna be coached up well and they're going to play for four quarters. And so, you know, it's, I think the biggest thing in the game is whoever plays well early, uh, I think will will have the upper hand. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. And so, you know, it's, you know, all games boil down the first five minutes of the first half, the middle six, and then the fourth quarter. And so this game will be no different than any other game. It'll be who can take care of the football. You know, it'll be the hidden yardage early on in field position. And then who cannot have the penalty that puts you behind the sticks or keeps a drive going after you've gotten them off the field. So big games always boil down to that, and taking care of the football and scoring in the red zone. So, you know, that I think that'll be the that'll be the same thing for us tomorrow night, be the same thing for that game also. And that game gets underway tomorrow night in the Birmingham area at seven o'clock. Now hop back over there to the Peach State of Georgia. Gainesville it is a community where it's it's family. It's a close knit community, um, a, a lovely town, a lovely uh, city right there. How big has the community been in supporting your football program? Oh, just huge. I think they were just longing for it. I mean, like there's there was time before you know when Deshaun and them when his junior year and Fred Payne, who's on my staff. I mean, they won the state championship, I think a year before that, you know, Blake Sims is here and they get to the finals and, you know, they get beat by one. I think they went for two or so, I mean, and, and there was a lot of excitement. And then I think some of that kind of got lost a little bit. And and so I think the city was just ready for it to come back. They were ready to explode. And, uh, and boy, have they, I mean, it's, I mean, every game it's, I mean, I can't tell you how, packed it is. I mean, on our side, it's just standing room only. And then our people have to kind of seep over to the visitor side. Um, the atmosphere at city park is second to none. You know, we, we probably take more people on the road than anybody. Um, and so, I mean, it's just big for our kids and shot an arm to our kids, and, you know, and then it's big, it's big for our staff. I mean, like you work hard all week, you know, you want to give everybody, it's not that you want to entertain them, but you want to give them what they deserve. And, uh, and that's to go out and play at our highest level possible and, uh, and make sure we give them something to be happy about because you got a lot of people in this, this community that, you know, Friday nights would get them through the week. 
And so, you know, they're looking forward to that. And we don't take that for granted in our program. We talk about that on a day-to-day basis. And so in whatever we're doing. So, you know, yeah, the community's been big. Everybody's been big. I mean, and so it's exciting time right now. We just got to keep playing well and keep it going. And it, it wasn't in the facility video that I showed earlier, but Gainesville or City Park is getting a renovation. I know it's kind of in a two uh, two to three phase uh, renovation project. Um, I know some of it is already complete, but most of it will be kind of be completed next year. So that yeah. place is going to get an upgrade. And man, when it does, it will be one of the, if not the uh, best facilities in the state of Georgia when it comes no to doubt. high school football. No doubt it will be, um, you know, if you've ever seen our field or our stadium, um, you know, it, it, the the press box and the upper deck part will be what will be torn down. Um, we'll expand the bottom part of the bleachers. So we have one part that's expanded on one end and then we're going to expand it to match on the other end. There'll be chair back seating that'll go in the upper deck all the way across. I think there's five to six suites that will be up top. That's not even counting the press box. Um, and so those will be separate suites um, for whatever use we want to use them for and sell them, whatever. I mean, like it'll be a it'll be an awesome experience and be one of the best, if not the best uh, in the Southeast. And, you know, we're looking forward to that. And uh, I know everybody in our community is looking forward to it. So um, what do I have to do in order to watch a game in the suite the next time I visit Gainesville? Um, sounds like you and Adam Lindsay need to become really, <laughs> really good friends. <laughs> looking, for, looking forward to the renovations there at City Park. Good, better, best. Never let it rest. To your good is your better, and your better is your best. Coach, you use that phrase, that quote, a lot. And this yep. Friday night, um, your better is going to have to be your best when you're playing a team like North Forsyth. Um, just tell us what day, what is your day going to look like tomorrow before this big matchup on Friday night? Well, I mean, I got another saying for you, too. So, like, this week, choice has been our word. So, you know, the saying I told our kids earlier this week, there's a choice to be made in everything you do. Just remember in the end, the choice you make makes you. And so, you know, the choice we're going to make is going to make us in the end. And so we've got to continue to make great choices, continue to play at a high level. And, you know, tomorrow morning I'll get up and I'll come in early. And, you know, my wife will have a card. She always writes me a card um, on game day and I'll have a, so my candy, go-to candy, if I'm going to cheat a little bit, it's going to be M&M peanuts. And so she'll have me a pack of M&M peanuts with my game day card um, that'll have scripture in it. She always writes a poem, and it's a pretty cool deal. You know, I'll have that, and then she'll have a Ziploc bag where she cuts scripture for all of our players, and Scott will hand that out at breakfast. And So I'll come on in, I'll get a workout in, and then uh, I'll change and We'll have breakfast at 7.45 in the morning. Um, then we'll have our prayer breakfast, our daily devotional from Michael Thurman from Free Chapel. And then when he's done, then we'll go up top to the indoor and we'll have a walk through for about 20 minutes. We'll come down. Our kids will kind of get their unis in their bag, kind of get stuff kind of settled in a little bit. And then they'll head off to second period. And um, once they head off to second period, I'll kind of, Make sure I've got some things taken care of um, here in my office for game day. Um, and then, you know, maybe midday I'll try to 
I usually go to Green's Grocery and grab some chicken salad. Um, that's kind of my game day ritual and probably do that. And then, you know, we'll get toward the afternoon and, you know, game days are just always long days. Um, so I try to appreciate them. I may try to tape a podcast tomorrow on game day just to kind of pass a little bit of the time away. Um, and then, you know, we'll roll around at 3.30. Our kids will get out of school and 3.45 we'll be down. We'll have our devotional at 3.45. Then at 4 we'll eat lunch. I mean, uh, eat pregame meal. And then, you know, we'll our kids will get their bags together. We always show them a video um, on game day uh, before we get on the bus to go to City Park, before we get on the bus to go on a away trip. And that's the last thing we do. So they'll have their pads and bags sitting out in the hallway and always finish the video with get on the bus. And so they grab their bags. And we'll get on the bus. We'll head over. And when we get there, we'll go to the locker room. Our kids will kind of go ahead and put their pants on and their shoes and We'll have activation period for about 15 minutes where they'll go out with their headsets and kind of just start getting ready. Then when we come back in, we'll get first group out. And then, you know, we'll come back in. I'll have devotional with our coaches and talk to our players and send the captains out. We'll be ready to kick that thing off. So I just have to ask you, your wife is is one of the sweetest ladies I've ever met. Um, When you get home after a game, does she ever say, here's what I would have done? Nope. She knows better, but but the thing about it is, is she the best thing about her is, I mean, is she just cares about? I mean, she cares about me, but she cares a lot about that number sixteen running around out there. Um, and so, you know, I mean, she don't, she don't. I mean, that she doesn't. I mean, like, you know, if I came home and she's asking me why we didn't throw more screens in the red zone, that that wouldn't be good, and you know, or this, that, and the other, and but I mean. You know, the last 23 games, we've been fortunate um, to win 22 of them. So it's been – I think she's been pretty satisfied at the house um, as far as when I've gotten home after the game. Um, and, you know, when I come home, you know, we try to relax and not talk much about the game. And she'll cook some breakfast and, you know, we'll eat. And usually by the time I get home, they're about close to being ready to go to bed. So – uh but no, that's no, that's she doesn't do that. I mean, she's <laughs> she's a sweetie, and you know she's there to support me. She's not there to criticize anything that we're doing. So unless her son doesn't get any touches, so then I could hear about that. <laughs> Coach, tomorrow, winning is not the final piece of the puzzle, but it is a part of it. How do you, let's say? Your team comes out on top tomorrow night. How do you move forward saying, hey, this is just a piece of the puzzle. There's still more work to be done. Well, I think I've always done a really good job of, of having checkpoints um, as far as where we want to be. Um, and so you know, our first one, our first checkpoint was to win the opener. You know, our second checkpoint was to be region champions. And then the third checkpoint and final checkpoint is to win the last game. That's not the last game of the regular season, but win the last game. And so, you know, if we're doing that, then we'll win a state championship. And so, you know, it's not that I have to say a whole lot. I'm not a guy that likes to sit here and brainwash our kids. I just want to tell them the truth. Our program is about high truth, high love, and being aligned. And if everybody's aligned with the same standards, with the same goals, wanting the same thing, then we're going to get there because we're going to accomplish the mission by attacking the moment that we're all in. But if we don't understand it and, we, and we're, we're selfish or – we have a different agenda. We're not all aligned. Then, you know, I don't, I can't tell you where we're going to end up. 
um, because that's not our makeup. It's not who we are. Um, it's not who we want to be. Um, and that's not who we say we are. And so let's be who we say we are. Let's support that. Let's make sure when we play, we play in a way where we're intentional. We make ourselves available to make plays. Because I always tell people, when you're in the right place at the right time, the ball will find you. The play will find you. Um, because it's not partial toward anyone, but it is partial toward the one that executes the highest level. And uh, so we want to make sure we give ourselves that opportunity. And then, you know, we'll move forward from that. And I'll find something next week that'll that'll uh, that'll challenge our kids um, of something they can obtain um, that maybe nobody else has ever done. So, but we got to win this one tomorrow night. So, you know, this is a big one for us tomorrow night. It's the only one we concern ourselves with. And we know we're playing a really good football team who's going to be well coached playing at their place. So the environment will be high. Um, and we're going to play really well to give ourselves a chance to win. And as we wrap this up, what does Gainesville have to do tomorrow night against North Forsyth to come out on top? You know, just be good in the vitals. I mean, you got to be good in the vitals. I mean, I think, uh, you know, vitals for us is, number one, it's the ball. I mean, we got to take care of the football and offense. Um, and then we've got to make sure we get takeaways on defense. I mean, we got to play together, put the we in we fence. I mean, so, you know, we got to play really good on special teams, no matter what they do, no matter what kind of plays they try to make. Um we got to be explosive, um, but we got to limit the explosives. Um, we got to protect our quarterback. We got to hit theirs. Um, and then, you know, like I said before, I mean, we got to be really good in the first quarter, start fast, win the middle six, and then, and then have a shutout on D or win it in the fourth on O. I mean, that's our goal. And, and look, we, we've just had too many penalties. Like, we've been able to overcome that. Um, because I, I think that the teams that we played have not played as well as they probably would have wanted to play. And so we've had an opportunity to be up scores to where it may not have mattered, but it does matter. It matters to our program because those are the kind of things that get you beat in the playoffs and get you beat championship games. So, you know, we just got to do a really good job of not having any pre-snap penalties or any post-play penalties. You know, play with emotion, but don't be emotional. And then if you have a bad play, that's fine, but you can't have a bad day. And so – that's what we're going to work on, and that's what we're going to make sure we do and hold each other accountable to it. Coach, as always, thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, Coach Josh Nibbett. And if you're in the Gainesville area, as soon as Coach gets off with us, he is headed to Locos Grill and Pub in Gainesville for another radio show to talk about this great matchup on tomorrow night. Coach, as always, thank you for coming on. Michael, God bless you, brother. Appreciate you having me on. I'm your biggest fan. I want you to know that. Go Big Red. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Josh Nealon and his Red Elephants get underway tomorrow night at Raider Valley at North Forsyth High School. This is for the region championship. This is for that top spot in the playoffs. I'm Michael Floyd. That's Coach Josh Nibbler, and this is Powerhouse Sports inside the program. Be sure to join us, join us tonight at 7 o'clock as we're joined by Coach Miles Holcomb of Southside Gaston High School. Good afternoon and so long, everybody.